Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the rock and roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala, and I know entirely too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. With me, as always, via Zoom video chat, is my co-host, who also knows a lot about the Rock Hall, but it's really against her wishes. It's Kristen Suttered. Hi, Kristen. That is me. Hello, Joe. Uh, can you hear me nice and crisp on the AKG microphone? I sure can. You sound great. That's a nice microphone you've got there. Thank you to AKG for supplying it. I'm excited to welcome our guest with us here today. We've had him on the show at least twice in person, but this mm-hmm. is the first time doing a, a full Zoom experience, uh, which is a shame because we are very close to being able to convene in person, but... Given the timeline of the ballots, I figured we might as well get this guest, this voter, this official Rock Hall voter, former nominating committee member, one of our favorites, Roy Traken. Hi, Roy. Thanks, Joe. Kristen, pleasure to be here as always. Tis the season to uh, wend through this ballot, I suppose. Absolutely. It, It sure is. If our listeners might remember, we credit Janet Jackson's induction for you voting for her at our behest. Yes, I remember. So that was the Janet ballot. Was he Mm -hmm. on the 20, uh, the last year's ballot? Did we have, did we phone him? Uh, We called you, but it was, I think you had already sent in your ballot. So Uh, we had heard your picks, but we had no influence. Well, I have a clean ballot. I'm sitting in front of it right now. Oh my gosh. Uh, That's what um, I like to hear. I've ruminated about this one uh, a, a little bit. This is a tough one. You could go down any of these nominees and, and really make a pretty good case mm-hmm. for all of them. Yeah. On our show alone, we have made the case so far for, I think, the the majority of the ballot. And we will continue to do that. That's kind of the series of episodes that we're in right now. I want to make sure I know, I think our listeners know you from your prior appearances, but it has been a while. So I want to make sure we give the proper credentials. I don't have my facts checked on this, but you might be the only non-consecutive two-run nominating committee member. You had a run and then you were off and then then you came back. I'm prepared to call you the Grover Cleveland of the (laughs) nominating committee. (laughs) At least I'm not the William Henry Harrison. Yeah, I I, I did have a run in the the early 2000s for a little bit. Uh, I kind of helped Blondie get on mm-hmm. uh, the ballot and, and kind of get voted in. You know, full disclosure, I was being employed by Alan Kovac at the time, who was managing Blondie, which is not unusual. People, you know, do back 
artists that they've worked with or have worked with. So, uh, and then I came aboard again towards the end of the aughts at the behest of John Landau. At that point, my goal was to get Daryl Hall and John Oates in. And, Another uh, effective campaign. Yeah, but that never would have happened if uh, Questlove did not get behind his mm-hmm. Philadelphia home. The Philadelphia connection. Yeah, and eventually and inducted them. Exactly. And the Blondie nomination you know, never would have happened without the backing of, you know, Seymour Stein at that point, who would put out a bunch of Deborah Harry's solo record. The Blonde yeah, Ambition I mean, connection. I'm not going to take credit alone, but, you know, when you're in that room, it, it, it is a debate and you do have your PowerPoints. And, uh, you know, it just, it really depends on the temperature of the, you know, of the nominating committee at any point in time. When you say your PowerPoints, do you mean people giving PowerPoint presentations or do you just mean you have your PowerPoints that you're trying to make in the room? Your points no, of they, power. They, give, they do give PowerPoint presentations. They're, they have been known to get pretty elaborate. Have we ever talked about this? I feel like this is a thing I would be definitely folding into my uh, weird <laughs> hoagie scenario if I had realized that there were truly PowerPoints being presented. You know, it's like selecting a new Pope. The smoke goes up, but nobody knows what goes on in that room. But you yeah, do. I mean, there, are, <laughs> there are people defending their choices, making choices, uh, you know, giving statistics or whatever it is. But you know what, Joe, I made a big decision this year. And that is, I've got to go with the acts that, meant the most to me in my career and sort of were in my lane. Okay. Uh, that's who I'm going to support. I, I mean, people that I have some kind of emotional attachment to and personal attachment to, because you can't help but vote on that personal feeling that, you, that you've had with these acts. I mean, that is the dynamic between me and Kristen. It's, you know, objectivity and what is right. And then Kristen, I mean, you know, you, I go from the brain, you go from the heart. I go from I, the heart. I go from the gut. And I also go for what is right. I think we can, I think I actually have the market cornered on what is right. Uh, I guess that's up for debate. You're righteously indignant. And things, I truly uh, am. Dumb. Am I going to be indignant about this ballot? Are you setting me up here, Roy? What's happening? You're like, I got to go with the acts that meant a lot to me. I'm feeling some Todd Rundgren possibly getting <laughs> filled in. I'm definitely feeling some New York dolls getting filled in. I'm hoping for a Tina. Roy sounds like he's got his five already made. I pretty much do. I'm beginning to be down on these multiple nominations. I'm of the order, hey, you're, you're in your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. Carol King and Tina Turner are two who are already inducted as uh, in, in different areas. You know, Carol King is a songwriter. Tina as as high. Boy, don't do me like this. <laughs> I can feel it. And I I want to spread the wealth. I think it's a throwaway to vote for either Carol King or Tina Turner. We've talked about that as well. I mean, I do think that they are slam dunks. And if they don't get in, I will blame you for not voting for them. But uh... (laughs) you can. There is some activity around each of these groups. Like Tina Turner has the documentary coming out. Mm -hmm. The Go-Go's had, you know, the documentary. Mm -hmm. Uh, Todd came onto my radar again because he's doing this virtual 
tour that he's been doing. And I, and I caught that this week and I said, you know what? I got to go for my guy, Todd. And it would be so apt if he and the Dolls could get in this year because obviously you know, he produced the first Dolls record. So, you know, there's a real nice connection there. But I mean, the only reason the Dolls are in there again, I would think is the death of Syl, really. Mm-hmm. You know, so, they, so uh, yeah. yeah, they latch onto these things and... Uh, you know, when it's too late, you know, every member of the Dolls is gone except for David Johansson, Buster Poindexter. So, uh, you know, I agree with Kristen. It feels like at least one of Tina and or Carol will get in. And Carol, uh, you know, the 50th anniversary of Tapestry. Tapestry. They all seem to have narratives going. Yeah, I think that's very true. Do you want to cut to the chase and start start inking it in? Should we do it? I'll, I'll tell you my five choices. We can kibitz a bit about, you know, who I'm leaving on the cutting room floor. Yes, we can. I mean, I'll start with the dolls. They just, you know, meant so much to me. And that's that, almost like a gimme, given yeah, that you're, you're going to, to talk about for the, them. You're going to advocate for them. That's going to be this kind of second yeah. half of this episode. So that makes a lot of sense. You know, for many years, the, you know, the dolls were kind of a long shot because they kind of crashed and burned. But you got the Sex Pistols in there for one album. And I was telling Joe before the nominations were announced that I'd been listening to the second Dolls album. You know, he kind of hinted that he thought that they were going to be on it or he had heard that they were going to be on it. And uh, I, I was surprised. Yeah, you know, and you you allude to the fact that I seemed to know that they were going to be on the ballot. I also had heard that within the nominating committee, they were the runaway favorite. Uh, you know, it's interesting hearing you talk like Joe and I's ballots are very similar for what we, who we would vote for. And I feel like this is going to be the furthest away from what our ballots have been in the past. It's got me thinking how many more Roy's are out there, you know? Speaking of that, I'm curious, Roy, are we going to see you vote for someone who would be on both my and Kristen's ballot, the Go-Go's. Funny how you should mention that. Well, obviously I moved from New York to Los Angeles in uh, February, March, 1985. Yes, uh, the the Go-Go's are going to be on my ballot. I'm definitely going to vote for them. Ring the bell. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. And also what I like is that Roy is telling us a story. So you're in New York, you leave New York, you're in LA, the Go-Go's. They're there, seminal, important. I do feel if this was a male band, they would have been in a long time ago. Deserving, right time, right place. So we got the Go-Go's, we got the Dolls. Who's your third must-have? Let's segue to Todd. Um, You know, he, he deserves his own category. I wouldn't say that as a performer, totally he gets in, but you throw in, you know, his producing and his technology and all the things that he's done. You know, he's sort of an all arounder. Here's one where, I mean, I know Todd and I just feel a personal thing about and I'd like to see him get in. Um, and also, if you if our listeners want to hear a case made for Todd Rundgren, go back into our archives with, the, I think, the last time you were on our show, Making the Case. I think that was when we filled out the Janet Jackson ballot because the first time Todd was on the ballot was in 2019. So make sure to check that out if you want to hear Roy again and really you want to hear a, a real deep dive into The Wizard, The True Star. Todd Rundgren. This is a rough ballot. It's this a is stacked ballot. There are so many deserving yeah. and overlooked legendary people on this ballot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, get used to it because I think that the post-rock era is in full effect. So uh, we're going to see a wildly eclectic. Imagine 
a ballot this year that goes from uh, Iron Maiden to uh, Fela Kuti. Fela Kuti, yeah. To, uh, <laughs> D- to Dion. Are, are you voting for Dion, Kristen? Dion is not on my ballot. But Chaka Dion, gets the Dion, Dion spot on my ballot. Dion would be mine. I would definitely Joe. vote for Dion. And I think Dion could use Dion, your vote. You know, Burt Bacharach and Hal David aren't in. How could you put Dion in? I mean, Here's the thing. You could say that the same way if you if you reverse it. If you try to put in Bacharach and David, then you say, well, Dion's not in. Get one of them in and then get the rest of them in. You know, <laughs> that's I mean, also Bacharach and David are not going to show up on a ballot. They're going to be determined by a committee within the Rock Hall to be inducted as songwriters. That's true. So that, you, that. You, you, we don't have control over those inductees. But when you have someone like Dion, that's if you really want to make a push for Backrack and David to get in, you you get in Dion. Then it's going to seem crazy to not put in Backrack and David. Mm-hmm. And, and- you get them in through the Backrack door. You just <laughs> <laughs> I can't be stopped. Oh, you had you just can't help yourself. I was just sitting on it. I was like, well, there'll be a moment. <laughs> that was two thirds of a pun. I think Dion's very deserving, and I think she's someone. I think she's going to be right on the edge there. I think there's going to be a lot of people who see a legend like Dion on the ballot for the first time and are going to want to vote for her. But then I think there's also going to be a contingent of people who are rock purists who are not going to go for her. So I well, think let's, be let's ask right Dion if she's going to be inducted. She should know. Ask her psychic friends. Oh, <laughs> Can you believe that Dion Warwick got on the ballot because of a tweet? <laughs> Joe had said prior to this, I think Dion Warwick has some heat this year and I could see her getting on the ballot. And I was like, you're out of your damn mind. I don't see it happening at all. It's and, part of the narrative. Like, like I needed like a saying, psychic friend in that moment. Everybody's got a narrative this year. And I do think it was strategic, but I think it was wise. And I, I certainly think it's all the accolades are deserving. But, you yeah, know, it's you tweet something like Chance the Rapper. Why does he call himself Chance the Rapper if he's just a rapper? Right. She she did. She's she she's has, been all over the place. She's out there. She's giving the youth some fun stuff to <laughs> not even the youth. I guess it's like they're now having a chance to look her up and be like, who is this lady? Which is well, kind of I love that Dion's on the ballot. I, I mean, I think that's terrific. Is Dusty Springfield Dusty Springfield's yeah. in the rock? I think that's another mm-hmm. great precedent that's set. Yeah, Dion. you're right. You, know, you can make the claim that Dusty's career is Dion B-sides. Dion was the number one singer for Backrack David. She kind of got first refusal. And yeah. Dusty Springfield was inducted in the year 1999. Whoa. So uh, we got my three down. Are you leaning Dion for your fourth? Is no. she is she in contention? <laughs> She's not even in contention. You, I, you know, having Love Dion, don't get me wrong. Having talked to but, you, I do know someone that I think would be on both Kristen and my ballots that might be on yours, which is Jay Z. Jay Z. Well, yes, yes. Good. Very Jay- good. Okay. Jay- I'm like Roy. <laughs> on my ballot, no question. Has uh, to be. You know, rap is black rock and roll. Get used to it right now. We're going to get a flurry of rappers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So. And then maybe someday LL will get in. Sure. <laughs> LL Cool J. I mean, He's Eric. on the ballot this year. <laughs> Again. It's, it's almost like with Jay-Z there, it's like you almost forget. He's just not. There's absolutely no way that he's Strategically, even, you don't throw your weight behind. Don't, Sadly, don't. as much as I would love to see he it. He should be in, but he's not getting in right now. Who? Who's LL. LL. The other Todd on the ballot this year. 
<laughs> That's right, Todd Smith. Very good. Yeah. So uh, you're not offended by hip hoppers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We're advocates. We are advocates. Yeah. To me, yeah. I've said this multiple times on the show, but I will say it once more, which is that rock and roll is counterculture. It is music to piss your parents off. Rock and roll right now is rap music. That it's is the music yeah. that's counterculture that is pissing parents off. And that's what it is. And that's where we're headed. And that it's the most popular music in the country for sure. And in the world. And also the ship has sailed. Like we have had seven hip hop inductees in the hall already. How many? Seven. Yeah. Uh, Joe can name them. If you want them, Grandmaster (laughs) Flash, (laughs) The Furious Five, Run DMC, Public Enemy, Beastie Boys, NWA, Biggie Tupac. I I think what's eventually going to happen is maybe the rock and roll hall of fame subdivides into its wings you know a hip-hop hall of fame a pop hall of fame you know even a doo-wop hall of fame i've been reconsidering the case of the chantelles arlene smith they've been overlooked through the years and uh i mean it's going to become a time where some of these bands no, no one alive will have really seen them live but you know the records are still there so it, it it really is possible to judge the past uh in terms of the future but you know i i, I thought for a moment about fela kuti you know only because i just saw a a pbs documentary on him uh, coincidentally the enough power of the documentary <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it was really, um, he, he was quite a world figure. And mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of people are going, well, what does Fela Kuti have to do with rock and roll? But, you know, what does George Clinton have to do with rock and roll? What does John Lee Hooker have to do with rock and roll? Or Muddy Waters or uh, any one of those pioneers? So where are we on our first four? We agree on two? Yeah, Go-Go's, Go-Go's and Jay-Z, Jay-Z are crossovers for us. And we kind of knew Todd and, and the New York Dolls, given your advocacy on this very show. So that leaves us with one last pick. And I know officially Kristen and I would advocate for either Tina, Carol King, Dionne Warwick, or Shaka. Those are the remainders from ours. Well, I'm, I would, I'm going exactly the opposite direction. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. If I he's mean, putting in, like, if he's going to hit the Foo Fighters button, I will no, close I don't, my that's computer. Not happening. I think, <laughs> no, I, know, I, think I know where this is going. I think, it's I, think, a bit, I think it's a bit of a Ralph Nader vote. I think it's a bit of a throwaway vote. I think if you want to be strategic and maybe help increase the diversity of the Rock Hall, we could lead you down other paths. But we Joe will throw you out. Picking, don't you? you know who my fifth choice is, don't you, Joe? Joe, who do you think Listen, it is? Listen, all it? I'm saying is, Roy, you have the freedom of choice to choose. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Now I know who you're. Yeah, that is. That's not going anywhere, Roy. I mean, <laughs> it's a great pick, and I hear you. But like, you've already put two really soulful picks in there. You did too. That you were like, these are ones that you know are meaningful to me, but don't have a, a shot. Are you really going to do that with a third one as well? That's you got to ask yourself. You and do. I will also say, I'll be on <laughs> the record. I'll be on the record. Devo is my personal favorite of all the nominees they are deserving they absolutely should be in the rock and roll hall of fame that you will not hear me say that they're not worthy they're very worthy but this is not the year that they are going to get in and if you could throw a little weight behind someone that could get in you could really make a difference roy you could really make a difference you could really make (laughs) make a difference in the life of Dionne warwick 
Shaka Khan, probably Carol King. I think Tina's going in whether you vote for her or not. Uh, she doesn't need your help <laughs> as much as help. we would like to see it. Yeah, uh, you think Tina's a slam dunk, huh? Absolutely. absolutely. There is, she's going to run away. She's going to be at the top of the. We will not see the no numbers, way but on she's going to be at the top. She get in. She get the most Didn't votes. she just announce her retirement from uh, performing? And she's uh, a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, she's been retired for a while, but she's got a documentary coming out, and she's a living legend. There's just no way. And you're not happy with her being in as Ike and Tina? Absolutely. Absolutely not. not even a little bit happy about That's that. That's an insult. It's an insult on a, on a few levels. On a daily basis about it's it. It's a Shonda is what you're saying. I mean, she is deserving. She had a very significant solo career and we can't act like she didn't. And also- The queen of rock and roll. Only have her in with the man who abused her is- Absolutely not. We're not doing that anymore. It's 2021. She's going in on her own. It's the right thing to do on all levels, but it's also a powerfully symbolic gesture. It's great. She's going right in. She she doesn't well, need your vote. You can vote for her or a, not. You make an argument. I, I'm not tied to Devo. I, I hear the Ralph Nader argument, you know, uh, <laughs> loud and clear. Right. And, and again, I love, I love Devo. I want to make you, that clear, but I just, I, you know, Dionne Warwick is 80 years old. And she's out here and she wants it and she's worthy. Any thoughts on, on Rage, Foo Fighters, or Iron Maiden? Uh, they can wait. I mean, yeah, I know Iron Maiden has waited a long time. I don't think they're going to have a shot. The makeup of the voting body is going to need to change pretty significantly for really any heavy metal acts to be considered seriously. I know they always wind up at the bottom of the barrel. That's interesting. How is the live voting going at this point? Uh, yeah, so you know who's running away with it Surprising. is Fela Kuti. He has the power of the continent of Africa behind Africa him. Africa is with him. But right behind him, nipping at his heels and may take over soon is Tina Turner. They're both at around 330,000 votes. And then there's a huge drop to the Go-Go's who just took over the third slot with about 240,000. And then we've got right behind them, Iron Maiden, and right behind them, Foo Fighters. And the winner of that just gets a single vote, right? Uh, the <laughs> top five. It's the top five uh, comprise one ballot. Oh, the top five oh, oh, enter as a single ballot, I guess. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize why don't they that. Wait, why don't they wait that a little more so it means something? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's an olive branch to the fans, to the community without really having to do anything. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so you're filling in Dion Warwick? Well, I'm tossed up right now. I really am. I mean, you've made a good case against Devo, which was my, which would have been my fifth pick just because mm -hmm. I, I, I do have, uh, I mean, I know those guys and uh, I, I just feel that I should be true to, you know, what my own, you know, my, my own path was. And you have and been. That mm -hmm. I really, I mean, I remember seeing Devo and, and thinking, honestly, wow, this is the greatest band in, in the world. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if you ever saw them live, but. No, I, I haven't. I, mean, I, I will as soon as I can. Dynamic, I mean, they had a dynamic live show that was just made out of found you know, just out of their own. I, I mean, they were so, you know. I mean, there's a, a year that I want to see where all the weirdos get in and you've got the B-52s, you've got Devo, you've got Kraftwerk, like all yeah. of the weirdos. I want to see them in. I think that they're valuable and important. But I think that the year that Devo gets in is the year that there is a narrative behind them, that there's a rallying cry for them, mm -hmm. that there's some yeah. sort of... Thing. It's like literally right now, 
it's the only thing for Devo to... is that Mark Mothersbaugh had a COVID scare. You know, he, he was he got pretty sick this year. That's the only thing. I don't think that's going to be enough of a momentum. That's the only sympathy vote that they're going to get this year. This year. But like, you know, they are. No, I see they're a total long shot. I, I, I mean, mean, just I... wait. They'll bring the Rugrats back. They'll do Rugrats 2020. <laughs> Mothersbaugh is going to be back on the on the, um, zeitgeist. On the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, everything old is new again. You know yeah. that. For sure. I mean, you know, I, I had that same idea. Uh, a few years ago, I proposed that each year should have like a theme. You know, there should be like a like a sixties, you know, British invasion year, um, or they That's should be pretty like pretty much every year. Though. <laughs> I don't know if you're so familiar, far. Roy, with the past, but um, almost every year has been a sixties British invasion <laughs> induction. Well, year. yeah, I mean that's just an example, but I'm just saying maybe the disco era. Now gets, we're talking. You know, yeah, gets honored or. Um, you know, or even a heavy metal year where you can, mm-hmm. you know, finally get some of those some of deserving uh, bands that, you know, that deserve. But but it's tough now because you want to draw an audience. You know, I actually thought that the last special that they did, uh, the one without the audience, you know, the HBO documentary mm-hmm. was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had its had its merits and is definitely yeah, different. I mean, but... I, I'm I'm to be honest with you, I've seen enough jams. Ending jams. Not Joe. Like- now you now you're not speaking Joe's language anymore. Give me, give me the like weirdest the jam? jams. Yeah. I like I like the weird combination of artists. I think it's uh, endlessly fascinating, and it can only happen at the Rock Hall. I hear you, but it, it's going to be much more difficult. The ballad is is, is it as eclectic as it is this year. I mean, yeah, you've got to start. I think basically have nothing to do with one another. But that was the same story last year. Mm-hmm. And it kind of worked, given you know the the pandemic nature. Well, that's why Shaka yeah. needs to get in this year, and then they can do "I'm Every Woman," and Beyonce will come out because Jay Z got inducted. <laughs> All right, so okay. I, All right, are, Roy. we're coming up on a break here soon, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say, fill in Dion Warwick. You got a woman of color on your ballot. You can sleep easy tonight. <laughs> think about how dusty springfield's been in for 21 years 22 years at this point Dion right. warwick has never I'll been nominated little, you make a good point i i will i will have to grapple with that one um tina's tina's certainly deserving the, the, mm-hmm. you, you make a good point you oh, know. tina's getting in she doesn't need your vote though she's getting it i i you i will guarantee you right now that tina turner will be in the rock and roll hall of fame this year there is well, not five Kristen. Hmm? My five are Tina, Carol, Jay-Z, Shaka, and the The Go-Go's. That's my five. And mine are basically the same, except uh, line up there. I swap out. It's who I absolutely want in. And then, uh, yeah, he's he's Dion, not Shaka. Dion, not Shaka. Oh, God, you guys are pretty uh, pretty close. Very close, yeah. yeah. Uh, To me, those four are- either of you to go dolls. Not a chance. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll I mean, see. You, Maybe you, by you the need end to make of the episode. Your case on, the, on the second half of this episode, for sure. But for me, those four are just like absolute heavy hitters. Must must go in. And then your fifth is where you. All right. I, I appreciate you make the um, you know the the conviction that go into those votes, and I know you guys uh, take it very seriously. And um, Oddly, we do. Yes. I would. I would militate to have you on the. Uh, Definitely voting and maybe even on the uh, the nominating committee. 
Now we're talking. Give me a bite of that hoagie. Let's go. Yeah, I like it. You deserve. You put in the hours. No Honestly. one else has, really. No one else. <laughs> and for you, what? You did it, so nobody else has to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. All well, right. Are, are we going to see? Are we gonna see? Let's go. Is it happening? Let's go, Roy. Let's make it happen. Is the pen out. <laughs> uh, you guys are crazy. Is it happening? Okay. I got the pen out. He's got the pen. We see the pen. We're witnessing. <laughs> I'm really, this is like just as exciting as it was all those years ago <laughs> when I didn't know anything and was Dang begging it. for a Janet Jackson vote. What do you see? Okay. We're, we're, right. I can see the ballot and all we right, are we got getting the go-go's. the go-go's. They have been filled in. Good to see. Nice and uh, really filling in the square. With, uh, all right. We <laughs> with got complete... Jay-Z. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. We sure do. Who's going in now? We can't see this next one. All right. That's New got York dolls. dolls. I got three. Okay. Okay. Where else was I going? You're going Go to the, to the bottom of the up. bottom of the list. Todd, you see that? Uh, move it, move it down a little bit. Good. Okay. Good. And then let's go to the very, very bottom of the of the ballot here. All the way to the there bottom. There she is. All right. Yeah. You know, you guys have convinced me. This is what I you like guys to convince me. This is what I like to see. This is a dream come true. This is this is good radio, everybody. This is good radio. <laughs> this is good radio. <laughs> that is what it's there about. He goes. Oh my gosh. All right. Let's see that square. Let's go. What do I got? I got four, right? Yes. All right. Let's let's move your. If wait a you second. Wait are a second. Going up there to careful, the Foo Fighters. Careful. I will lose my mind. All the way down to the bottom. To the bottom. <laughs> he's the he's toying D. with us. At the we moment, can't we see. can't see the bottom of the ballot, but perhaps. Ooh, it's this. This feels like a, a decided yeah, the, tease, like an intentional tease. Do you see it? No. No. Still no. <laughs> cannot see. We see nothing. <laughs> what? Whoa! Oh, whoa! He went a, with the a Tina. Tina vote. He went with the Tina. We'll take it. A Tina. It, a Tina. Is she's deserving? She's worthy. I'll, I'll take, take it. Think? Well, of yeah, I, that's I, I eight, baby. I, I guess you're right. Devo is a throwaway vote, and, and I'll, I'll wait for them. But um, they will no, get guys, in eventually. There's the, their day will me. come. I wasn't going to vote for Tina on on the on your principle, you know, because she's already in it, but. You know, to be in it on Ike's, you make a good point, Chris. Yeah, yeah we don't, we don't like that. We don't like it. She, she's, she's a legend. Put her in alone. Well, she's there you have it. Queen Roy, of rock and roll. Roy Trakin's ballot. We've got uh, New York Dolls, Todd Rundgren, The Go Go's. We've got uh, Jay Z, and we've got Tina Turner. That is a good. That's a ballot. good ballot. I think that that's a good. I, I mean. I've got I've got everyone represented in this mm-hmm. new world of representing everybody. So. I think that's I think that's good. And and you know what? I like the idea that we always have a slot on your ballot. Yes. <laughs> that's the- <laughs> All right. Why don't we take the only other two people who care about the rock and roll? Okay? Truly. Why don't we uh, why don't we take a quick break and then when we come back, we're gonna talk about the New York dolls. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We honestly, we hope over your break, you thought about where we came with with Roy's ballot. 
and yeah. where we started and where we ended up. And I hope that fills you with joy. What a wild ride it was. All right. <laughs> Let's talk. Look how easy I am. I, I'm just so <laughs> manly. I, I feel, I, I really feel weak now. And no, I've just you, given it. you are open. open to persuasion, to good argument and sound logic. Yeah, I, I, the, the, the thing that hit me was uh, calling it a vote for Ralph Nader. That really hurt, man. But okay, good. We've I'll all keep lived that. through it. It was, I'll, as you say, as you put it so eloquently, Joe. Freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. That's what we got. Yep. <laughs> yep. Use your freedom of choice. All right. So absolutely, the New York Dolls became eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1999 because their debut album was 1973. This is their second nomination. They had been nominated back in 2001, a full two decades ago, 20 years ago. And that was, I mean, that was so long ago. Roy Trakin was on the nominating committee. The first <laughs> I must have been. You but, were. Uh, I, I don't remember the argument about the, uh, you know, for for the dolls. Uh, you don't remember who who was repping them. I, in I don't the... remember who. I don't remember who championed them a, a, at all at that point. Um, Maybe it was you. <laughs> Who's it, to it, say? It, it might. It might <laughs> have been. Years well, ago. you know, you know, I have a very personal relationship to the dolls because, you know, one of my first jobs in the record business, I worked for Marty Thau who was the uh, the manager of the dolls, who kind of was the first guy could, to sort of discover them at the Mercer Arts Center, uh, where they were playing in down, uh, downtown. And it was a very interesting time because, uh, you know, rock and roll was, was kind of evolving. It, it had become gigantic after Woodstock. It had basically become the, the leading genre uh, and uh, the leading moneymaker. And it mm-hmm. sort of you know, led the music industry into, uh, you know, a, a great new era of growth. And the Dolls were, the, the best thing, the, the funniest thing about them is, uh, you know, Cree Magazine would do a reader's poll and, and the Dolls uh, uh, topped the poll as the best new band and the worst new band. They were very divisive at the time. You know, everyone thought they were, you know, transsexuals because, you know, they were dressing as women on the cover and uh, which is a, know, which a, is a very people, subversive thing to be doing at that time. It was, mm-hmm. but it was kind of meant as camp. It was mm-hmm. meant as a joke. That joke completely went over the heads of middle America, especially, you know, when the dolls were opening for uh, I think they opened for the faces, you know, Rod Stewart mm-hmm. and the faces. Mm-hmm. You know, the audience didn't really know what to make of them. It was kind of like it became one of these New York hype things. Yeah. Where you know all the New York critics were were gaga for them uh, and were supportive, but you know it, it didn't travel above 14th Street, let alone you know across the Hudson River into the rest of the country. So it turned into kind of a little bit of a an in joke, as it were. You know, I mean the same thing with the Ramones. They never really, uh, nor the Velvet Underground. I, you know, they never really played outside New York. Mm-hmm. Although uh, eventually those groups were able to permeate the culture somehow in a way that i think uh, kind of eluded the dolls t-shirt sales <laughs> i mean did. i feel like i feel like with the ramones a lot of it was like an they had an iconic logo they were branded and very well they were very branded yes and then i think with like the velvet underground they were also quite well branded and i i don't think like the brand of the new york dolls ever left new york and made it into the mainstream. Yeah. Uh, well, neither did neither did the Velvets, and and neither did the Ramones. Really, I mean, you know, the Ramones brand right now is more popular than it ever was when they were alive. 
You hear right, more yeah, of it, music on TV and the radio than you ever did when they were alive. They, I mean, they somehow made it eventually. Although I just, it, the dolls, well, I'm not, just not so sure. They did make money. They did make money individually, but they killed themselves on the road, you know, and, and they weren't healthy people to begin with. And, uh, you know, the dolls, of course, you know, they, they met heroin and, uh, you know, heroin won. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the doll story is just kind of a cautionary tale, really. You now, know, I go back to, I go back to the music the music was there. The music was great. I, I mean, the image didn't travel much past, you know, the Lower East Side, but they were ahead of their time. You know, without the dolls, you don't get Motley Crue. You don't get Guns N' Roses. You don't get Metallica for that matter. You know, I mean, you don't get a lot of these bands that kind of took off from the dolls. Rat, Poison. I mean, you know, and the whole hair metal thing. <laughs> We, Some we of can these even, are not good examples. They're responsible for it. I, I mean, they, don't, they shouldn't get praised for it, but Kiss. <laughs> yeah, Kiss. I mean, without the dolls, you don't have Kiss. And when we talk about this, we're talking about it's a proto-punk thing. Like a lot of those punk bands were inspired by the New York yes. Dolls. And we're talking mm-hmm. both sonically and attitude and look because these were... Yeah guys who like you said they kind of brought back this straightforward rock but it was still messy and it was grungy in a way and their their look was very much a big part of it you know wearing mm-hmm. women's yeah. clothes. thrift shop right thrift yeah. shop rock uh, what's uh, what's unbelievable to me joe is um, you know and i went through that period in the late 70s in new york that's kind of you know, that's, that's where I come from. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I was contributing to the Soho Weekly News, the New York rocker, you know, musician back then. You know, the the, the Dolls were a, a critics band more than a public band. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in many ways a construction of, of critical thought. And, Without question. And, and where things fit in and, and how important they are in terms of influence and, and, uh, you know, you know, if you view music as just like a, a, a stream of different, you know, like a river with its different tributaries going, going forth. As we do quite um, often on the show. We do. I mean, the internet kind of makes that, that analogy, you know, much more explicit the way you can kind of, you know, follow the path of things. Uh-huh. You can go down a rabbit hole of, of YouTube videos of, uh, you know, of sound cloud clips of, you know, whatever you want, it's, it's there at your fingertips. So it is much easier to go back to the past and judge these acts for the music. I mean, listen Mm -hmm. to, you know, listen to that first Dolls album, listen to the second Dolls album, you know, they were exuberant. They were funny. They were pointed. They were great rock and roll records. Uh, And I mean, like I asked my own rhetorical question, you know, who's more rock and roll than the New York Dolls when you come down to it? I, I mean, you know, they lived it, they breathed it, and they, you know, and they died for it. I want to ask you about, you, we talked about kind of the New York hype of the Dolls. Did you get a chance to see them, let alone see them like before the first album came out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw them in Merce. I, I mean, I really felt an, an ownership 
with them because uh, it was kind of like happening right in front of my nose in New York. To me, it's like rooting for the hometown sports team. You know, I, I'm a lifelong, you know, New York Mets fan, New York Jets fan, New York Knicks fan. So, you know, the New York Dolls just kind of, you know, they were the hometown team, you mm-hmm. know, they were from the boroughs. You know, and they came into the city just like I did. I came in from Long Island, you know, into Manhattan. And, you know, Manhattan was the, you made it if you got to Manhattan from the boroughs. And the dolls were from the boroughs, you know, just like the Ramones were from Queens. Johnny Thunders was uh, from Queens. Yeah, Uh, David Johansson's from Staten Island, right? Staten Island, of Mm -hmm. course, with Pete Davidson. Um, The king Absolutely. of Staten Island. Yeah, he's the you king, know, I've heard. was a king of Staten Island. Yeah, that's a real king of Staten Island. Was born. Yeah. yeah. Roy, as you might recall, on this show, we talk about how difficult it is to try and break down if we think someone should get into the Rock Hall or if they will, if they even have a shot because the Rock Hall doesn't exactly publicize a list of criteria. But as a huge nerd, I've come up with my own criteria for what I think makes a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. Why don't we go through the categories and uh, evaluate the New York Dolls? And the first category- Really fast. Yes. I just do want to put in my kind of familiarity with the New York Dolls is incredibly low. Like I've heard of them. I learned recently that Buster Poindexter- is the same guy as David Johansson. Like I did not know that my familiarity level with them is pretty much in name only. And I'm sure I've heard some of their songs, but I wouldn't be able to tell you much about them whatsoever. So I'm really looking to learn. Let's jump in with this first category, iconic slash recognizable songs. Now, I think if we are being honest, you don't really hear the New York dolls and their songs that much out in the wild. But if you were going to pick like the iconic New York doll song, I think it's got to be Personality Crisis. Agreed. Or trash. But Personality Crisis, yes. Another one I like from the second album, Human Being. But uh, Personality Crisis, I, yeah, I, I'd have to say that that's probably the best known song of yeah. uh, of um, and then and, I, I would say that the next one down is probably looking for a kiss. For whatever reason, I feel like I've heard that one. It famously pays homage to the beginning of the Shangri-Las. Give him a great big yeah. kiss. When I say I'm in love, you best believe I'm in love, L-U-V. When I say I'm in love, you best believe I'm in love, L-U-V. Are you a fan? Um, you know, I like them fine, but I can't say that I really have gotten that deep into their catalog. You know, I did a little bit this week in preparation for the episode, but you know, I, I was never really drawn to it. I don't, I'm not against it. And I, I yeah. appreciate what, I, I what mean, they were doing. A lot of the dolls is time and place. Mm-hmm. It, it oh really yes. Is. I mean, it's sort of like he kind of had to be there. 
So we're saying personality crisis is most recognizable of their songs. Yes. That's the song that maybe even represents the entire ethos of the New York dolls. Like that's the, if you want to get an idea of who they are, listen to that song. If you only have one song to do it. Personality crisis, trash, jet boy. That's what they say in the, um, in the, in the book. Oh, so you've got, you're looking at the, the booklet. Yeah, the, the other booklet. Um, they go, the, the Dolls oh. created some of the most enduring and influential music in rock history and had an inordinate impact on generations of musicians from the Sex Pistols to the Ramones, from Kiss to Guns N' Roses, from the Smiths to the Replacements. Yeah, Morrissey, of course, a famous fan of the, uh, of the Dolls. I mean, uh, also president of the fan not club. helping. Yeah, that's <laughs> not... Morrissey. Well, I mean, right now with his ties to the uh, kind of alt right, alt right, and uh, anti-immigrant movement, I don't think association with Morrissey at this moment is the best thing. Although you're right, he was the president of the fan club at one point, and he really he got them to reunite for a festival in <laughs> the early 2000s. Where are the Smiths in terms of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? They've been nominated twice. They haven't been on the ballot since 2016. I think. They have to be around the corner, though, especially since uh, yeah. we've seen The Cure and Depeche Mode inducted. They seem to be. Yeah, yeah, that was that was come. an area that was an area that the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was uh, dragging their heels on that. Yeah, whole. It's coming, though. You can feel it. What's happening to the dolls is, I mean, you know, they're they're fading into the woodwork, I, I, essentially. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think they would have been on the ballot this year if, if Syl had not passed away, to be honest. There's no real reason. I mean, usually the ballot gauges activity, as we pointed out. Yeah. The Tina documentary, you know, Dion Warwick's tweets. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we go to the next category then? Let's the next one is classic albums. Now, before they broke up, they had two albums. They had the debut self-titled from 73, the one that Todd Rundgren produced New York. Right. And, and then too much too soon, yeah. Too much too soon, which was from the following year. The producer was Shadow Morton, uh, yep. a guy who had produced the bands that they had liked, like the Shangri Las back in the Shangri Las, mm-hmm. right? George Shadow Morton was known as a very creative, uh, brill building producer. Um, he did a lot of those, uh, as you say, those kind of overly dramatic, you know, Shangri Las, big production. Yeah, his production was criticized on that second album. Todd's production was criticized on the first album. Uh, by the uh, band themselves. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. nobody mm-hmm. was nobody was happy with those two albums for some reason. <laughs> and uh, they're the only two that were out there. Yeah, yeah. They Except came back that- in the 2000s, and, and I think they did about two or three other records, which were pretty damn good. And they toured for a while. They did a lot of European shows, and uh, they actually you know, did pretty well on those shows. 
They played you, festivals. They yeah. Made some money. You know, you yeah. say no one was happy. And I know that the, the band has conflicting feelings and the producers themselves uh, have conflicting feelings. But those first two albums are considered by a lot of people to be classic albums. They're representative of that time. And so much of what would come after it, those are almost like the Bible of punk and, and other movements that were to come. Joe's already using the word classic albums. It's making me wonder. We will kind of transition to, this is connected to critical acclaim, which is the next category. And we use the bridge of the Rolling Stone 500 greatest albums list to connect those two categories. And do you guys think the New York Dolls have any entries on any iteration of the Rolling Stone 500 albums list? I, I would guess that they do. Yeah, I think that that first album, it sounds like, was the more notable album. Yeah, I mean, it was the breakthrough. It was the debut. Was it on the top 500? So to me, that one's going to be, I think, in the 2003 and 2012 list. But I don't know if it's going to have made it to the 2020. But I do think it was at least on 2012. Okay, so you're correct. That first album is on the list. It is on every iteration of the list. Okay, made it all the way through. What number do you think it comes in? Hmm. 275. That's a good guess, Roy. I'm going to say, yeah, I like that. I'm 286. Okay. So you guys are kind of splitting the difference with where it falls on the two, on the iteration. So it, in 2003... It came in at 213 and then dropped meaninglessly to 215 for the 2012. And then for the 2020 rehaul, it comes in at 301. Oh, wow. And 301 and 286 are pretty close to each other. I must say. If I <laughs> if I do say so. That's not bad. I mean, one of the top 300 and some odd records of all time. Yeah. And for a, an album from the 70s from a group like the New York Dolls to still show up on the 2020 list, which was a massive overhaul and right. shed a lot of the older acts in favor for newer albums and more diverse uh, for them to still be on there, I think is meaningful. I mean, the more I think about it, the, the more the dolls, especially in this lineup, is quite a long shot. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> we should have done the ballot at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's like comparing apples and oranges. But I also say, given like, you know, the, the game of if so-and-so is in, why mm -hmm. shouldn't so-and-so be in? You know, you look at the Sex Pistols, you look at the Ramones, you look at the Stooges, and you look at, well, the MC5 still aren't in, but mm -hmm. uh, if those acts are in, you would think the Dolls should be in. But mm -hmm. again, as you know, it, it's a matter of time and circumstance and, you know, how top of mind they are to voters. This is a very challenging group. There are a lot of popular favorites it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out because it's so widely disparate you know Roy, we're not at the decision yet we're still going through <laughs> we've talked about the songs we're talking well, about the albums yeah. we're getting you know, to the critical acclaim speaking you know, of roy's uh, like given his verdict right a, now. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of the voters are critics and the next category is critical acclaim which is a category that i think the new york dolls do very very well in i think the new york dolls That's are, are almost like the quintessential 
critics band. Like they have every element of like, they're this hyped New York thing. They're white they, guys. They're from New York. <laughs> they're from the seventies. Yeah, They're, they're subversive What's and, and dangerous, but they're, they're still white guys. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it, it's a cool thing that you have to be there for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they don't sell a lot of records, but if you, if you know, you know, you it's know, that kind you of thing. Know, yeah. You're defining a cult band. And as I said, there are cult bands in the rock and roll hall of fame, but I think as time goes on, it's going to be more and more difficult. I mean, you know, Devo is sort of a cult band. I sure. mean, they they did crossover and they did have hits, certainly more hits than the Dolls. Devo had top 40 hits. But getting back to critical acclaim, you look at the, especially the critics at the time, you know, Robert Criscow and, and, and Robert Hilburn, the big Roberts at the time. I, I don't remember Hilburn being a fan of the Dolls, was he? Yeah, I mean, he liked the second album. And, you know, Chris Gow in particular was like, this is the best rock band uh, around. Yeah, you know? he did. The New York critics were kind of in lockstep. But as we spoke, I mean, they, you know, there were a lot of people that hated the dolls. And I- were afraid. I think it was Clive Davis who said to someone else in the business, like, hey, don't bring up the dolls. Like, you can't, you, you'll get fired. There are certain things we don't talk about. And the New York Dolls is How one funny of- Clive Davis should talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Even though these were, from all accounts, uh, straight men, there was some homophobia that played into no question. the mm-hmm. dismissal no question. Of, of that group. I, I mean, if you go past your checkpoints, I mean, critical acclaim, you know, they're, they're about a 10 out of 10. I think that's, yeah. I think that's true. This is, this is their like absolute all-star category. Yeah, right. I, I mean, much like the Velvets, much like the Ramones, much like the Stooges, mm-hmm. these are cult bands that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, for the most part, there aren't a whole lot of those types of bands in mm-hmm. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, there aren't. It's it's difficult. It's difficult to get over uh, getting no points in the next category, which is commercial success. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. and that I think you know, you bring up these other bands: the Ramones, the Stooges, the Sex Pistols, and it's like the difference between them and the New York Dolls is I can name a song by each of those bands. And like, I don't know any New York doll songs until now. I was not familiar with them. At some point, the cult has to have some yeah, new members well that, outside of New York. And that it. group of voters is getting very gray. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's no question about it. I, I mean, it's very hard now to a new generation to make a case for the New York dolls. I realize that. I was surprised to see them on the ballot this year. I think they, to me, they take the place of a T-Rex or Roxy mm-hmm. Music, mm-hmm. who are bands that maybe don't have a ton of name recognition, don't have a lot of hit songs in America, but musicians and people in the industry and critics know and appreciate the mm-hmm. body of work. Well, that's that that that's true. When you talk about commercial success, Joe, mm-hmm. you kind of put your finger on what's going to go on now, because this is a commercial enterprise, and mm-hmm. um, like the Grammys. It's all about that TV show. And yeah, that plays um, a huge part. We're seeing the cratering of ratings for award shows. So the award shows have to be rethought and recalibrated. We are beginning to see the beginnings of that with this Grammy show, you know, mm-hmm. this pandemic Grammy show. We saw it last year with the HBO documentary, which took the place of an induction ceremony. It is a commercial enterprise and commercial success is going to be more important moving forward. 
and they're going to give that popularity list a lot more attention. You know, we're seeing it with Rush, with Kiss, with Yes, uh, with a lot of these bands that had kind of been on the outs with the committee. Uh, they're, they're now being forced to consider them because they've got a museum to run. They've got a TV show to sell. The New York Dolls are, are not necessarily what's drawing the crowds to but the museum. But then I think about, like Joe was just saying, T-Rex isn't drawing the crowd. They're not... So it can in- happen. Definitely. There's a place for bands like the Dolls in there. There's no question about it. I, I think the question is, is is this the year? We will get to that. Yeah. But, you know, we, we have yeah. two... We have two not great categories in a row, and I hate hate to do this, but it's followed by a good category for the dolls. So obviously commercial <laughs> success, they didn't sell any records. Longevity, they flamed out pretty hard. The two albums, 73, 74, and then they were pretty much toast by the next year. But if we're going to the next category, and this is a nice bright shining spot for them, which is influence, which we have talked about at length, they're proto-punk. You know, there's really no Ramones, Sex Pistols, Clash. And if we give special attention to the Sex Pistols, I think it's pretty much on the record that Malcolm McLaren, the brain behind... In their image, yes. Yeah, he, he, he saw the New York Dolls and said, I can do this better, and I will make a new New York Dolls with these British punks to better success. And he did. Use their yeah, form. I was saying before, there's such an abiding interest in that period of New York. Uh, yeah, Patti Smith is another one, right? You know, Patti's a critic's creation, essentially. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people that, you know, think Patti's kind of full of crap, but she made it. You know, I, the dolls deserve it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I want to continue with the uh, with the influence. I know we talked about Kiss. The Pretenders were another group that that loved the Dolls and were inspired by them. Morrissey was the proud president of the fan club, so it's in the Smiths DNA. And then Guns and Roses, and then every other bad yeah, band sure. strip. It all comes from from the Dolls. Their footprint is. Uh a lot larger than they actually created. You know, you had to be in New York just to feel the way that underground built. And, and of course, you know, without them, no, you don't, you don't have the Ramones, you don't have Blondie, you know, you don't have television, you don't know, you don't have talking heads. It was a rich, rich period and they launched it. They really did. Those shows at the Mercer Arts Center, they're, they're legendary. You mentioned Mercer Street the kind of Mercer Street sessions, which were demos with the early iteration of the band, which were eventually released in the early 80s as an album called Lipstick Killers. And I was looking at that album and I noticed a certain someone wrote the liner notes. Oh. You, you got it. That came about as a, uh, a cassette only release at the very beginning. Neil Cooper was the guy and he had a company called Roar. R-O-I-R, and uh, he released cassettes, demos, all stuff, early New York stuff. And uh, yeah, that album was uh, among it. And yeah, I have it right. I have it right here. I have the cassette right here. I was very close with Marty Fow. I mean, Marty and I were really good friends. And, you know, Marty basically gave up his career as a promotion guy to manage the dolls. I mean, people know their story. They went to England. Their drummer died, you know, of an, of an overdose in a bathtub. 
Mm-hmm. And this was before they had released a record. Yeah. Yeah. Before. Yeah. And they, they you know, they're young kids and especially this, this drummer, Billy Mercia, Billy Mercia. very young and really, you know, he had overdosed and then it, it, the, the story is really sad where then they were like spoon feeding him coffee to try and get him. And it just ended up asphyxiating him. Yeah. It, it was a horrible thing to happen, but you know, they came back to New York and they kind of parlayed it into a record deal because you know, Marty's idea was to go over to England and build the heat for them because stuff like that always went over better in England than it did here because yeah. smaller country, mm. concentrated press, things broke very quickly in England. And yeah, that was Marty's idea to kind of break them in England. And then that happened. And also critic- like kind of gender no. bending is much less taboo in the UK oh. than it is over here. Absolutely. Yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. They go for that. They understood drag more than Mm -hmm. it was understood by the rock and roll community here. But Paul Nelson, the rock critic, he was kind of the guy that kind of brought them into Mercury and got them signed originally. He was a big supporter. Yeah, the the rock critic community definitely embraced them for sure. And there was a backlash to that. Sure, anything that's hyped that much is is gonna have a backlash. Two more categories. Uh, Next one is artistry slash skill. Now, I don't think anyone was saying that the New York Dolls were particularly skilled musicians but i do think there's there's a little bit of a synthesis going on with the parts being greater than the whole that you could say there's they they become a great artist because of whatever the fuck is is happening with each of them yeah yeah they turn their limitations into strengths essentially i mean uh, johnny thunders is now recognized as as a groundbreaking musician who really had a style of guitar playing where notes as much as chords that johnny ramone kind of perfected that sort of no notes, just chords. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. <laughs> they played really fast. And it all came from Chuck Berry, but it was sort of streamlined and, and shorthanded. And it became its own language, its own kind of musical style. And, you know, the influence of that, I mean, Johnny's guitar style created a, a whole category of punk rock riffing. It's time for the final category, maybe the most important category. I did my due diligence on this one while we were recording, so... Very good, Kristen. Thank you. Does my mom know who they are? And that may be the most important category because that really does speak to the cultural ubiquity if you permeated the culture. And I asked my mom and she said vaguely, and then she reminded me that I had, I had asked her this question before. And she was like, <laughs> yeah, I know who Dexter Poindexter is. And I go, you mean Buster? And she's like, yeah, him. So, How old is your mom? My Joe? mom is in her late 60s same as me and she did live in new jersey for a time but she was gone by the time the dolls were doing anything my mom is 59 and her answer was i'm aware of them but don't really think i got into them and that's just meaning like i've heard of them but i couldn't tell you literally anything about them i think people might have heard of them and not been able to place them or i mean how long has it been? Say again, almost fifty years. You're going it's, on on fifty, yeah. It's almost like Glenn Miller's big band. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, it's that far in the past. I mean, yeah. What really, and we've talked about this, but I think what would have helped them is like a stronger branding presence. I know that's so like capitalist, that is such a yeah, such exactly. a shitty. If they had been well, branded better and had a better logo. People- 
you still see people wearing that T-shirt with the lipstick. But you do not see that nearly as much as you see the Ramones no. on, on people's no. shirts. The Ramones have made more money on their merchandising than they ever did on their music. Without question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, the Velvet Underground who's come up, they were strongly connected to Andy Warhol, who was they the were. king at branding, branding. And, yeah. and getting Visual imagery and imagery. iconography out there. Do you think that if Hot 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 had been released as like a New York doll, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, even if they had had yes. like a so silly novelty you're, hit. You're referring to, you know, Buster Poindexter, who is the alter ego of the lead singer of the New York Dolls, David Johansson. It's his lounge singer character. He had a yes. surprise hit with Hot, Hot, Hot in the 80s. If they had had something like that, that everyone knows, it's almost a little bit like Devo that had Whip It, which Whip to it. some is almost like a yeah. novelty song. Well, and- I think that that's what they were hoping for with the dolls. I, I, they had a couple of shots at what you're calling a novelty record. Sure, like strand- know, they did a cover of Stranded in the Jungle. Stranded which in the Jungle, that. exactly. Stranded in the Jungle, I'm trying to give a day. They didn't get on the radio, though, and then that was, I, I yeah. think, mm-hmm. there was no place to play them at that point on, on the radio. Yeah, that was a frustration. I think the audience, you know, they weren't ready for the dolls at that point. You know, the dolls were kind of ahead of their time, you know. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, uh, you know, it was uh, in the immortal words of that second album, Joe. Too much, too soon. Too much, too soon. Too much, too soon. All right, well, it's time for the verdict. Should the New York Dolls be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Will they get in? And if so, will it be this year? And we'll start with Kristen. All right. I said this earlier. I kind of was leaning towards this earlier, which is that what I think separates the New York Dolls from other bands of their time and of similar innovation and importance is that we don't know them. They didn't break through in popular culture as much as other bands did. And so... Is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame incomplete without the New York Dolls? Is the question I'm trying to ask myself. Are they so important that if we don't get them in, is it incomplete? And to me, it's no. The most famous of that ilk has already been inducted and I'm glad to know about them. I will certainly be listening to them more, but I guess to me, it's just... I wouldn't be angry if they got in, but just there are so many more acts that we still need to get in that I just don't necessarily feel like there is this push and draw, I hate to say it, to put the dolls in. And so I don't think that they will be getting in this year. I don't think there's a a real shot at that happening. I don't know that they will get in. I think that unless something big happens to change the narrative around them. It just feels like it's good and important for people to know who they are, but maybe it's not making the hall of fame level. It reminds me a lot of the MC5. When you brought that up earlier, I was like, oh yeah, it's so similar. They were important in their time, but the other bands who broke through have already been put in. Then it's like for the fans, 
they'll know about the MC5. They'll know about the dolls. So that's what I think. Fair yeah. enough. Roy, what do you think? Should yeah, they no, will and won't be this year? I hear what Kristen is saying, and it rings true to me. I mean, this is a band whose heyday was, you know, almost 50 years ago, and uh, and it wasn't much of a heyday, to, <laughs> you know, for them. A short day. Listen, it's a very personal choice. And, and as I said, with this voting, it's really hard to separate your personal feelings from quote, what you think is right or, or who you think mm-hmm. deserves to be in. Uh, like I said at the very beginning, we could go down this list and make a case for each one of these people and, and probably people who were nominated before and haven't made it. Personally, I would love to see a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that had David Johansson, Sil Sylvain, the great Johnny Thunders, Jerry Nolan, Arthur Killer Kane. These guys, all of them are dead except for David. It it matters just to their family. I, I would love to see them in. Having them on the ballot this year, to me, is like you say. You know, the nomination is an honor. I, I can't predict that they're gonna that they're gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would hope that they'll appear on future ballots and in, in maybe a more you know fortunate position. I voted for them. I'm rooting for them. I don't see it happening, but that's not to say that it can't because I think they have elements that that are very strongly in their favor. Uh, but sure. this year. It's a little too packed and all over the place. It's tough. It's very competitive. I think that the the influence is so strong, especially of artists that are in the rock hall, that I think the dolls should be in. I just think you're going to be hard pressed to find a group that isn't in that has had such a direct impact on so many inductees. I don't know that it's going to happen. I don't think it will happen this year. As you guys said, you've outlined the the list of reasons very eloquently, but I think it could happen soon. I also don't think they're going to be at the bottom of the votes. I think they're going to be square in the middle because I do think they satisfy a certain 70s straight ahead rock and roll that is going to be very appealing to a lot of the voters. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's going to be quite enough to get them over the hump. That being said, we talked about what will it take, right? Momentum wise. Now, when we've, we've talked about documentaries, there is a David Johansson documentary in the works directed by none other than Martin Scorsese. Mm. And I think when that comes out, that will probably lead to another New York dolls nomination and who knows what the competition will be like on that ballot, but that yeah. might be what it takes. You make a good point. These documentaries have become really important in you know making cases for these acts like yes. Nina Simone. Nina Simone, yeah. We got the Tina one now. We Whitney. have the Go-Go's one, the Britney one. I mean, we're going to, yeah, I mean, Britney Spears is going to be on the ballot soon. Oh, yeah. It, I she'll mean, she'll be eligible. I don't she'll know that she'll be on the eventually. ballot soon, but she certainly will be eligible. I think she's got a shot. I, I mean, I think uh, the hall is opening its doors a lot wider lately. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's for sure. And in doing so, it makes it more difficult for these cult acts. But That's true. They're the ones who suffer. Yeah, uh, they're the ones that suffer because it is, after all is said and done, it's a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really yeah. I mean, there's vote. voting. You're literally, it's a popular vote. <laughs> it is. Yeah. You're voting for the high school president. That's mm-hmm. what you're doing. But let's uh, let's pretend that the New York Dolls get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame mm-hmm. this year. Exciting. Now, obviously, you just you just outlined the classic members of the group 
who are being inducted. David Johansson, Sil Sylvain, Johnny Thunders, Arthur Killer Kane, Jerry Nolan. But I was surprised to see on the official list of members there, including Billy Mercia, who was the drummer who died before. He was a member. Yeah. Well, that's also confusing whether artists are, are included in the group or not. There are guys from Heart who are playing uh, out there who have to build themselves as former members of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band Heart because they were not officially among the inductees. Yeah, it's a weird science and it's not a, certainly, certainly not a good one. It's a pseudoscience. I thought the in- inclusion of Billy was interesting given that he did not play on those first two albums, which you don't see a lot. I know he's on the, the Lipstick Killers release. That's right. the Mercer Street Sessions. He is on those, those demos from his tenure. So there are releases from the New York Dolls with him playing. But in terms of no studio releases, that's, that's kind of rare. He was a founding member though, and they, they tend to, Stick with the founding. The, the, the founding. Now, let's talk about who gives the speech to induct the New York Dolls. I mean, it, politically, Morrissey is a bad choice, but spiritually, it's a great choice because mm-hmm. he's someone who could give an impassioned personal speech about their impact on him. He would be good. I don't see him showing up and I don't see them jumping through hoops to get him. Mm-hmm. You know who'd be great? You know who would probably be really good? Alice. Alice Cooper. Alice yeah. Cooper. Yeah, that's fun. And you know he would do it. It would be interesting to get Axel Rose and or Slash. I don't know how interested they would be. Axel has been Slash, hot and cold. Has Axel made up with the hall? Well, it's interesting because you know Axel inducted Elton John in the 90s, but then didn't show up to his own induction mm-hmm. when he was, you know, not in good relationship with the rest of the band, but now he is. So who knows what he would do? Slash was kind of lukewarm about going to his own induction. Chrissy Hind is someone who it would be fun. Yeah, to that, that would be good. That would, that would definitely be good. I love her. Good. I would like that. I feel like Slash is not a good choice just because I don't, he's not a great speaker. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> monotone. Yeah. I've got two names outside of music that I think would be interesting and appropriate. One is Martin Scorsese, especially since he's doing this David Johansson documentary. That would be fitting. And another one is someone who has a connection to David Johansson, Bill Murray. Ooh, that's a crowd well, they pleaser. Were, they were in, they were in uh, Grinch. They were in uh, Scrooge. Scrooge Scrooged together. But David Johansson plays a, a cabbie in Scrooge. Also, Bill Murray is in the Hot 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 video. I believe he's he's buddies with David Johansson. He's that's in- a crowd pleaser. Both of those are crowd pleasers, but especially yeah. the Bill Murray is like. Hey, hey, you know who would be you know who would be great? Fran Lebowitz. Oh, oh I, sure. I live. That'd be so. <laughs> have her and Marty do it. Just have Marty laughing as she's as Marty, she's doing it. You saw that series, right? She talked about the dolls in that. That's well. Th- there we go. It's all set up. It's perfect. And it's HBO too. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, there you go. You know what? I did really just realize that that is really working against them in a in this a big year way to too, induct them in Cleveland. Cleveland <laughs> induct the New York Dolls in Cleveland. Ohio. You have you have so much New York royalty on the ballot this year, from Jay Z to Mary J. Blige to the New oh York Dolls. God. To it really is a New York. It really is New York theme. Too bad it's in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. If David if David Johansson in some assortment of the group plays, what songs do they have to play at the ceremony? I think personality crisis makes a lot of yeah. sense. Personality crisis and 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 trash and maybe human being or. Uh... So many good ones. They had such great songs. I mean, listen to that second album. 
Kristen, listen to that second album. All right, all right. Get on it. It didn't make the um, Rolling Stone list. And you know, I only listen to (laughs) Rolling Stone's (laughs) opinion. That second album, if that doesn't bring a smile to your face, I don't know. Uh, I will, I will. And now I have a question, Joe, like is David Johansson still performing? Is yeah. that what the documentary is going to be about? Like kind of what he's up to now or you know, something he, like he, that? Yeah. Yeah. I think he has a residency somewhere. I don't know if it's as, I don't think it's as Buster, but like he, yeah, he kind of have, has found a niche for himself that he does not have to really tour and he can make as much money in New York doing these like residency like weekly He's shows got such iggy pop vibes I, too just like in all of his photos and things and he I, does like shtick yeah. too he, he he it's that kind oh, of vibe that. he's the best at that david is hilarious and his looks now are crazy if you've seen him he's got the thin mustache pencil mustache yeah he looks like kind of like a pirate or so <laughs> well my question is then like you know do you think that they would get like a younger band to back him up like get guns and I, roses yeah, Guns N' Roses, but I mean, like, I mean, even like, like a, a younger, younger, younger band, younger band, like well, a David, really young David band. David must have a band that he uses. He does, and I bet he still plays some of those doll songs. He would probably bring his his band. Would be the yeah, but maybe have a have some guests. That seems like a very rock hall thing to do. Is you know have have somebody come out with a with a guitar. Now, Roy, yes, sir. If and when they get inducted, would you go to the ceremony? Cleveland, it doesn't know. <laughs> Cleveland or New York. I mean, yeah, maybe. I, the, the ceremony's kind of overrated. I've been to a couple, but it would mean a lot to me. And then I can start working on suicide scandacy. Yeah, right. Which in its in its sense sounds like a suicide mission. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, if and when it happens, we will be there. We hope to see you there, Roy. Thank you so much for doing the show again. I we love it. My pleasure. Yes, thank you. This is this is such a delight. Anything you would like to plug, articles or your your writing. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Just uh, you know, check me out on check me out on Variety, Roy Traken. Those are always my latest pieces, and uh, I've been doing some interesting stuff lately. I just did a story on um, John Baptiste and the uh, the score to Soul. Oh, great! And, uh, I did a story on uh, Riz Ahmed and how he learned to play the drums for Sound, Sound of Metal, of Metal. Mm-hmm. which is terrific. And I was on both of those even before the uh, the Oscar nominations. So. He was um, he was on the dolls. He was he's uh, Roy Traken. He's, Roy Traken, he's there before you in are in the know. Finger exactly. on the pulse. I do it so you don't have to do it. <laughs> hey, just like us with the Rock Hall. Excellent. Well, that's great. Our listeners know they can follow us at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Rock Hall Pod at gmail.com is the email. If you want Kristen to see that, you're going to need to designate that somewhere in your message. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us five stars only. Anything less than five is rude. Thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to AKG for the microphone. And thank you to Pantheon Podcasts for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Studdard. And who cares about the Rock Hall? Rock Hall.